Welcome to today's online message from Long Eaton Oasis Christian Centre. We are a church at the heart of the community, with a heart for the community. And we're so glad that you've joined us. We hope that you'll be inspired and encouraged today. Please don't hesitate to contact us. If you want to find out more, you can visit our website, www.longeatonoasis.co.uk, or you can direct message us. Father God, I pray this morning as we just come and look at your word, there is no power of death. I just want to speak into the spiritual atmosphere over hearts and lives, livelihoods, homes, marriages, people's health or lack of health or what is being said over people's lives today. Maybe someone has said something to you or over you, but there's no power of death nor scheme of man, no intrigue, no thoughts, no opinions. There's no opinion that can be said against you, that's said about you, that could hold you down. It's Jesus' opinion and the things that Jesus says about you and I that lifts us up. And we just want to release that spirit of hope, the hope that's found in you, Jesus, this morning. That words that have been said over people's lives by maybe loved ones or people close to us that we have felt down or pulled down. We pray, Lord Jesus, we might hear the words that you speak into my life that pull me up. David said that you redeem my life from the pit. Even from the lowest depths, you can pull us up, Lord. And we say thank you this morning, Jesus. May the revelation of the spirit of life and hope, Jesus Christ, by the power of your Holy Spirit and your resurrection and forgiveness, be released in us afresh today with a fresh revelation, we pray. We've been so buffeted by this age whereby we almost don't believe what we do believe. It's subconsciously we're surprised. And yet, Lord, may the miracle of hope, the miracle of Jesus affecting our community, May we pray, Lord, that this become the norm through our lives, that the love and power of Jesus may be worked out through us and in us in the community where I live and work and the places where I go. May this be true. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. This morning we're going to look together. I just want to take um, a few moments. So last Sunday, uh, we had a, a, if you weren't here, but if you were, we had a... a, a Beautiful family, join us from Brisbane, Australia, now living in London, planting a church, Pastor uh, Ade, and he shared about there is more. Well, I just want to just do a second message, really, on the back of what he was saying. So uh, if you didn't hear him speak last Sunday, then, you know, get hold of that. You can listen to that online. But this morning, I want to speak about there is more grace. So if you have a Bible... Would you turn with me? And it will sort of complement and overlap a little bit of what he was saying last Sunday and, uh, and give a, a little bit of different insight that we can build upon what he said last Sunday and we can apply today. So it's sort of like two, two messages coming together, as it were, looking at this theme of, of God has more for your life and more for my life. So in James chapter 4, verses 6 to 8, so it's not going to come up on screen, so you might want to turn to it. And... Um, just want to read, uh, to, to get a bit of context, let, let's read verse 4, but just to put a bit of context on it, um, but I'm going to concentrate on verses 6 to 8, and I'm reading from the NIV. 
And it reads like this, verse 4. You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world is hatred towards God? Anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Or do you think, Scripture says without reason, that the Spirit, but that the Spirit he caused to live in us envies intensely. Another translation said it's very jealous for us. But he, and this is the, the verses I want to concentrate on, but, and this is, has jumped out the page to me in the last few weeks, but he gives more grace. Will you just speak that over your life and my life? Will you just say it out loud with me this morning? More grace. More he, that's God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, gives more grace. That is why the scripture says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. And these are the verses that we're going to look at again this morning. Come near to God. And Annette was sharing a little bit, Pastor Annette was sharing a little bit about that this morning uh, as she was praying and speaking over a few verses. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. So as I said, so... um, Okay, let's start that. So Pastor Ade was uh, speaking about last week about there is more. God has so much more for your life and my life. And that God is a God who is infinite. We're limited. God is limitless. And we can think about life being that we run out. Our resources come to the end of themselves. But God's resources are infinite. So with God, there is this more, so much more in life of hope and love, forgiveness and his and his life that we may know and experience in our lives. And the danger is for you and I is that we can limit God. We look upon God in our own personal sense of our our human nature, and we project that onto God. But God is infinite. He's the creator of the universe, and he was speaking about this. And he was then shared three things about how we need to desire, ask, and receive. So I just want to... um, Sort of come and look at that. So those three, he shared three things, desire, ask, receive. So this morning I want to share three things that will help us and that's submit, draw near and God will draw near. And so that's where I want to go over the next few moments. The passage that we're looking at, James chapter 4. Um, so uh, it's, um, it really deals with self-centeredness and the war that goes on within us being self-centered or God-centered. And the call is to be God-centered. As Christians, to put God at the center of our hearts, to be God-centered. And yet, the writer James is writing of the battle that is within human nature. And the battle, he he uses the battle, it's like a pride, but it's the self-centered nature. And so he says, if you're, you're, the, the way of this world is you, me, my, and I orientated. And what James is saying is that we've got to be God-orientated, hearts that are God-centered, not me and my-centered. And, uh, and, and this is what the battle that is going on within us. And so that's the context of the next few verses when I speak about more grace. That's the context that um, James is writing into. And we've got to be honest with the context. And so there's a danger of being self-centered. And so uh, the, the, it's destructive for life. 
It's destructive for relationships. It, you see, it's destructive in our world, the decay that it brings upon the world. And so the, the antidote to that destruction is to be God-centered. And uh, this is the context of, of what, what James is writing here. Put God at the very center of your life. And, and so he goes and says there that the spirit is jealous for you, envious, jealous for you. In the, so, such is the desire of God for you to love you, to know you, to walk with you, to have a relationship with you. That James uses the word that the spirit is, is, is that is like zealous, jealous, envious. He, he's got such a desire that he, he doesn't want to share you and I with the world. And that's the context when you read James chapter 4, and that's the context of where, and on the back of that, and so there's this pull. There's a pull in you and I, whereby we, we find ourselves going our way, doing our thing, and living our way. And, and there's a danger that we can do that without God if we're not careful. And I've spoke about this at the beginning of the year. I spoke about spiritual drift. Drift is, it creeps up on us, and me, my, and I creeps up gradually. We find ourselves more and more living for me, my, and I. And, and so the Holy Spirit, as a God's, when we become a Christian, has a desire for us to know him, to know us, to love you and love me, and to walk with me and have a relationship. And it's that passionate, it's that desirous. And, and so there is this, this, this tug going on within us. And so then James says, and yet this, but God gives more grace. How can, we, how can we deal with this? Because I don't know about you, I don't know about me, but my own life, I find myself swinging, going up, coming down. You might find that your Christian walk is, is, is very deep. Other times you can be very far from God. You can find that you're buffeted from this and that and life. And, and so, so, so James says, but God gives, and this is amazing, you'll see it there in verse 6, but he gives more grace. There is more. This, this jumped out the page to me as I looked at this. Uh, it came to me on the back of Ade's speaking last Sunday. More grace. The more is my experience of the grace of God. There is a more of God that you and I may know and experience and taste. And only you and I are the limitation of that. The way in which we put God at the centre or we drift away. It will be the degree in which we experience the grace. But there, this is the great news for God. I don't know if you feel dry this morning, if you feel that you've let God down, or you feel that someone has let you down, or you feel that you, 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 you can't go forward, you can't go back, you feel that you've been a Christian and you've not been a Christian, you've come back, you feel that you, you know, you're not at the place that you feel that you should be as a Christian, there was a place in your life. That, that this is the great news. There is a, an, there's a more of God's grace yet to be known. God has a deep reservoir. It's faster than the oceans of the, of the world that you and I may know. Now, the word grace literally means this, gift of unmerited love and favour. Gift of unmerited love and favour of God. It's the gift of God, grace of God. I don't know about you, but so James says there is more there is more to experience of the gift of unmerited love, favour of God upon your life and my life. That's incredible. That's absolutely incredible. I know it's hot this morning, isn't it? It's, it is hot. And you think to yourself, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's all right. It's not all right. It's absolutely astounding 
to let that just sink in for a moment. There is so much more for you and I to know of the unmerited love, favour, mercy, grace, presence, hope, forgiveness, breakthrough, release, miracle, hope, mercy in your heart and in our lives to know God there is so much more. The danger is we can settle for so much less. And it's not that I'm better than you and you're better than me and that person next to me or behind me. It's the more is for all. It's, it's, it's on, on my capacity to experience and to know. And we've been designed by God to be loved by God so that we can take all of the capacity of God's love that's why God has created us. And that's the inc- so the more isn't like, oh yeah, but I never do. You know, I never really passed very much at school. Or, you know, I don't know about you, but I was always, when we played football, I was the last one to get picked. There's not much mercy, is there, <laughs> amongst us this morning? I'd always stand against the, I remember it so well. It wasn't the wall, it was the, um, the fence for um, where they played. Um, the metal fencing for tennis, oh, it's left a stain on me. And I would stand, and all my mates, and they go, oh, we'll have you. It's had to have me at the end. I was the last one. But it's not like that with God's more. All of us equally loved and desired by God, as if, as if you're the only one. Now, that's pretty incredible. It's, but, but I tend to think, oh, no, not me, or, oh, no, I, you know, or... It's, it, isn't it? it that's, there is more but. That's, that's, a, that's an amazing but that he puts in there. So, this, so there's this war that goes on within us. The Holy Spirit desires us so much, and yet we're tugged and go the opposite way very often. In our life groups, we're looking at Jonah, who went the opposite way to God. It's a bit of a metaphor on life there. We often go the opposite way to God. And, yet, and, then, and then James says this, but, and there is good news. There is so much more grace where God's unmerited love, mercy, and favor can be poured out upon and in your life. I don't know about you. I don't know about you, but I want to know the more of God's mercy grace, favour and hope in life so that I can share that more with others. And the danger is that we don't know that more and therefore we don't share that more and so people don't hear and know about this wonderful, beautiful, amazing Jesus who can love us all the more. How amazing and incredible is that? And so there is yet more grace. There is so much more for you and I. And you know, um, and so the, the second thing that, so that we see is this then. So, so, so look, at, look at this, and it's in the text. So you need to, you need to so the way I'm going to share this morning isn't like bullet points. I'm going to expand the text, as it were. So we're going to look at the text for either phrase by phrase. So we're going to look at the verse. So it's a bit of a different way of looking at, a, um, you know, this morning. But that, just so you'll need, that's why it's good to have your Bible with you or, or you know, on your phone or whatever it is or, you know, just good to, good to read it together. So, so you, you, you read there, it says, moving on, but he gives more. And then he says something quite amazing, verse 7, submit yourselves then to God. The um, submission is the door to more. The key to experiencing and knowing the presence 
of God is submission. Do you notice it there? It's hot on the back of this most amazing phrase, more grace, which I think is incredible. Verse 7, therefore, submit yourself to God. So the door to more is submission. And, you know, knowing more of him comes as God has more of us. That, that, that's, that's the gist of this. So, so many people, it, so we live in an age that says, okay, do it for me then. Right, tell me now, you know, ready-made meal, in, one minute, ding, ready-made Christianity, I can go for it now. It's not like that. It's just, what we see here is, and, and we live in an age that is dangerously, oh, I want more, I want more, more, more of you, Lord, more of you. So what is, so it's beautiful. There is this, so much more of his mercy and hope to be experienced in your life, maybe today. You might need to draw on that with what's going on in your life. And this is the way. The door to more is submission. It says there, so therefore, submit yourself to God. God, to know more of him God wants more of me. Not that you have to work harder. He wants us to open up our hearts. You don't have to learn the Bible more. You know, pray harder. Go to church more. That's not what it's saying. It's opening up our hearts and giving our lives over to God. That's the more that God wants of us. And as we give ourselves to him, we'll see this in a minute, the most beautiful and amazing thing happens. God gives everything to you and I. And this is probably the key to life and knowing. Submit yourself then to him. To submit is to give over our hearts and lives. It's literally to say, my life for you, Lord. We often hold out and say, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go here. I will do that. I will go for this job. Oh, and can you please look after me, God? God wants us to this is my life, I'm giving it to you. As I live for you, will you now look after me? It's, it goes the other way, doesn't it? It's amazing. And that's what the word submit means. It doesn't mean you have to try harder. It doesn't mean you have to work harder. You have to learn more about, about God. It's just to give your heart over and say, this is my life, God, for you. I want to live for you. And to submit... It, it literally means it has an aspect of praise and permission. You know, we've been looking at as a church this idea of um, the heart of worship. And the word worship literally means to bow and to kiss the hand. And to bow means to, to yield. It, there's, it's the picture of yielding. So to, the word worship translated in the New Testament means to bow, kiss the hand, and it means to yield. And this is exactly what James is now saying. It's worship. It's to, to yield your heart to God. It's the self-giving of our lives. God doesn't say, well, I give you a life, get, grab us. It's me saying, I give my life to you. It's a self-giving. This is what Jesus did on the cross. He gave himself up for you and me. It wasn't taken off him. His life was given up. The Romans didn't take his life. Jesus chose to give up his life. Self-giving and sacrifice is incredible. It's at the very root of our faith. And, um, and so... You know, as we, as, we, as we submit, we're, we're worshipping God. As we yield, as you give your life, you're worshipping, you're praise. But also, it gives permission. It give, as we yield our lives, it gives permission. The Holy Spirit, Jesus says in the uh, letter to the, Revelation, the book of Revelation, 
Here I stand at the door and knock. If anyone opens, I will come in to be with them and they with me. And so there's a sense where the Holy Spirit doesn't barge in often in our lives, but wants us to open. And, and this is the pitch of submission, of yielding, of giving our lives, giving our family, giving my marriage, giving my life, giving my work, giving my hopes, giving my fears, giving my dreams, giving God my leisure and pleasure and the, my life. It's giving, and that is the, a yielding up of our lives unto God. We come back to this again and again. Submission. And it leads to his amazing presence. Now, if we're going to do that, look at this. Go a bit further with me. So there's this submission is the door to knowing more. And and God wants more of you. It's not so much that... And and then an amazing thing happens. We know his full presence. And and now look at this. So how, how do you do that? So there's this yielding and saying to God, I give you my life. Now, now, now come with me. If you say, submit yourselves to God, verse 7. Uh, resist the devil and he will flee you. Verse 8, come near to God and he will come near to you. Often we will pray, I want more of you, Lord. I want, I want to know you more. But, this is, so, but we go through that through the door of submission, of yielding our hearts. And now we see this. It says, draw near to God. Do you see that there? If you look at that, it says, draw near to God. Now, so last Sunday, Ade spoke about three things, whether you can remember them, I wrote them down. Desire, ask, receive. That is the coming near. That's the drawing near to God. Ask, desire, receive. Have a listen to that. It's from last week. I'm not going to, that's something that he was sharing. But we're called to, to draw near. So as we yield up our lives, say, God, I'm going to give my life to you, then we're called to draw near. Very often, people say, where is God? Where is God? God calls us to draw near to him, and then we'll see him, we'll feel him, we'll know him. It's interesting, with, in the Old Testament, Moses saw a burning bush in the desert from a distance. It's as he walked up to it to inspect it that he found it wasn't burning out that then God spoke to him. When he drew near, then God spoke. Do you see it in the Old Testament? So now the same, the same principle applies in the New Testament of us drawing to God, and then God draws to us. It's quite remarkable. It's forgotten. We live in an age that says, okay, tell me. Tell me what to do. Uh, give me. And there's, and there's nothing wrong in asking for advice. And there's nothing wrong with receiving. We're going to receive, but we're called to draw, to come before God. And so many Christians that I know often fall, fall at a place where they, they get to a certain place and then they get disillusioned, dispirited, fall away, look around them, look at others, you know, tread water, go from this church or that church. And there's a certain place where there's, there's but there's so much more of God's goodness and mercy and hope and love. And it's by drawing close to him and not just resting back and waiting on him, as it were, to come to us. And so this drawing near to God, it's, it's, it's got an aspect of desire and asking. It's what Ade was saying last week. You know, Psalm 40, 42 says, As the deer pants for water, so my soul pants after God. Psalm 42. 
As the deer pants for water, verses 1 and 2 there, so my soul pants after God. There's a, there's a desiring. That's a drawing near. And, but it's also, uh, Jesus said, ask and you shall receive. In John chapter 16, verse 24, there's the asking. So there's a desiring and there's an asking. Jesus said, ask and you shall receive. There's coming a time when you haven't asked because I've, I've been with you, but I, I'll be going. And when I do go, ask and you'll receive what the Spirit brings. It's quite incredible. So, so there is this sense of the drawing near to experience the more as we give our hearts to him is this desire and ask. Now, I'd say this, that desiring God and asking God, there's a bumpy ride with that. It's not quite so simple. It's not, okay, well, I desire. Oh, right, now, B, I'll ask. It's a bit more up and down. It goes through a bumpy road. There'll be days when you won't feel like it. There'll be days when you feel crushed. There'll be times when you do feel like it. And so what it is, there's a case of building a rhythm. You'll hear me talk about this a lot. A rhythm in your heart and life of asking, desiring. And it might be asking God first before the desire comes. It might be a case of, I don't really feel too much, but Lord, Lord, please, I ask you, create in me a clean heart. Stir a stirring in my heart. Sometimes the asking comes before the desiring. Sometimes there's a, there's, there's a desiring comes and then there's the asking. But there's a rhythm, there's a cycle. It's, it's an up and down. It can be a bit like a roller coaster ride. It can be a bumpy journey. Sometimes we go down dead ends. But there's got to be a sense of us forming a rhythm. Uh, and, and that comes day by day, again and again. Amazing. There is, and God has so much more for you of his mercy of his love, of his grace, of his hope. James says it there. And so for you and I, there is this coming to God again and again and again. And something that I've said is, is repeated moments build momentum. Just that moment of saying, God, forgive me, I've been so far from you. God, forgive me, I've made a mess of this with a certain relationship. Please help me. There's, there's got to be a, a, a rhythm, a journey of asking and, and then God p- placing a desire in our spirits and our hearts. And don't be put off. If, if you do it once and you think, well, that ain't worked. There's a, a sense of building a rhythm. This is why Jesus says, this is, come and follow me. Following him builds, it needs rhythm in our lives. It, it's something that we build again and again. If you, if you have joined a gym... You will go there on a pretty regular basis, or otherwise you'll get your money back. You need to have a rhythm. You need to have a routine, as it were. Um, and, and following Jesus, following Jesus has that sense of rhythm of coming and giving ourselves again and again. And sometimes we give up. I don't know about you, but I've, I've prayed something, and I think, I don't really feel much. Have you really answered me? It's a moment. But repeat that moment. I find that repeated moments... They do build momentum. Don't underestimate simple little things. Don't underestimate um, when you trip up. When, you know, when we live in a world that says, that, you know, well, once you've blown it, you've blown it. But there's more grace. We can come again and again and again and again to the, the well of his mercy. And this, with this I conclude. Look at this. Third thing is this. So he wants us to submit Draw near, and then we see this. Look at this. It's in verse 8. As we draw near to God, come again and again. What does it say there? What does James say? And God, he will come near to you. 
He will come near to you. Do you want to know the presence of God? Do you want to know the mercy of God? Do you want to know the forgiveness of God? Do you want to know the hope of God? Do you find that at the moment you're in a bitter place? Maybe you're, you're in a desert place, a dry place. Maybe you're in a place where you're, you're, you're hurting. Do, do, do you want to know? Submit your life to him. Come ask him. Begin to call upon him. And an amazing thing happens. He will draw near to you. In Luke chapter 24, verse 32, there's an amazing verse. It's two disciples of Jesus are walking on the day of his resurrection. Often this is read at Easter time. Luke 24, verse 32, and with this we'll conclude. It's about Jesus drawing near. It's beautiful. Uh, and I, I, It's so beautiful, I don't want to just leave it to Easter. I want to look at it every day. But you'll often see this red at Easter. And two disciples are walking on a road, a town called Emmaus, which is a couple of miles from Jerusalem. And they're walking very, very depressed. They are mega depressed. In fact, you could pick them up off the floor. They were that that depressed. And um, you read it for yourself in Luke 24. You read the text. The way the text is written, they were downcast, very depressed. Uh, Talk about their mental health. It was really low. And uh, along the journey, at some point, as they're walking along the road, it says that Jesus joins them. And they don't, they, at first, they don't realise. And, and you read it in Luke 24. There's a, the story unfolds with him asking, why, what's, what's up, why are you so downcast? And then they'll say, haven't you heard? Jesus, who we hope was going to be so much, has been crucified. It's three days since. That's it, it's blown. It's the end. And so then Jesus talks to them. And as he talks, they have a realisation. But I love how the message translates verse 32. Verse 32, at a point in Luke 24, the disciples say, they, they, Jesus is taken from them and uh, he goes with them, he joins them. And they say these words. They say, were not our hearts warmed as he opened up the scriptures to us? But this is what it says in the message. It's absolutely brilliant. There are sometimes the message gets the translation or the paraphrase really good it's a paraphrase actually it says the two it says this didn't we feel on fire as he conversed with us on the road as he opened the scriptures for us didn't we feel on fire as he conversed with us on the road i don't know about you and your christian faith where you're at the moment if you're walking running crawling Head in your hands, so I don't know where you are. But it says, didn't we feel on fire as he conversed with us? And the picture is, that, and most Bible scholars say, that these two are walking along the road, and there's another road that comes along, and it's as if Jesus, I don't know if he went and sort of joins them and walks along with them. It's, a, it's an amazing story. And as he joins them and he talks with them, it's his, pre- his presence makes the difference. The presence of Jesus makes a difference in your Christian life and in your life and in our marriage and in our homes, in our church, in our community. And it says, as he conversed with us, didn't we feel like on fire? So if we draw near to God, then Jesus will come and join us. Amazing. It's a beautiful picture. Talk with us and join you in your home and join you at work and join you in your life. Uh, There's an amazing um, quote A.W. Tozer said this, 
He said, there is a, um, there's a strain of loneliness infecting many Christians, which only the presence of God can cure. There is a strain of loneliness infecting many Christians, which only the presence of God can cure. There is more grace. There's more of his love. There's more of his presence. He wants to draw beside you and in your heart and in your home. One of the worship team would join us. We're going to just worship together as we close this morning. But let's just hold that for a moment. Submit your heart to him. Draw near. Build a rhythm. Ask the Holy Spirit. Ask the Father God. Come before him. And then the most amazing thing will begin to happen. Jesus draws near near to you. I've been a Christian nearly 40 years. That's longer than the age of quite a number of people in church today. It's quite frightening, actually. I feel more the need of his presence 40 years later than I did even on the first day I became a Christian. There is so much more to know and experience of the mercy and love of God. So a couple of weeks in in our worship in the morning, as we were worshipping and praying, I, I didn't share this, but I'm going to share it today. I felt the Holy Spirit say, there is a well of mercy here at Oasis Christian Centre. I thought, well, that's, what's so special about this place? It's not the place, it's just the, it's the presence of God. And he, he is, there is a season. I spoke at the beginning of the year about us treading, drifting, but there's a, a time of flow. And I just feel the Holy Spirit saying, and like with this morning, that there's more grace. There's a deep well of mercy here. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you desire relationship with us this morning. No matter what area in our lives we are believing in you or not believing in you, trusting you or figuring out how I'm going to trust you, 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 with all of us, you desire relationship. You're the creator of the universe who loves his creation so passionately that you sent your one and only son Jesus your heart breaks when you see us break when you see the 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 state of our world when you when you see the human heart your heart breaks but it broke so much that you sent your one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not break and perish but have everlasting life that's incredible and that everlasting life can be tasted each day that, this, that everlasting life is, is it, it's something we're looking forward to when we, we leave this world and we're in, in your presence. But it's a taste that we can have every day in the sense of your mercy, your love, your hope, your forgiveness, your healing, your presence. And just pray, Holy Spirit, that there is a real release in the spiritual atmosphere of our hearts and minds. And in the midst of the heat of this day, that our hearts would be released and open. Father God, we pray that you forgive, forgive us when we've settled for far less. 
when I've sat back, when I've become accustomed. Human nature has this aspect of being a creature of habit. I can become accustomed to worshipping. I can become accustomed to church. I can become accustomed to hearing messages. I can, be, I can become accustomed to hearing about your mercy, your love and your grace. Forgive me if I've become accustomed. And there's the danger of my heart being hardened, as it were, and, and settling for something far less than you have for us today. You've got so much more, Lord, of mercy, of hope and love and forgiveness to be released in our lives. I pray for anyone who feels that they've messed up this morning. I, pray, I just pray for anyone that feels that they've let God down. They've let their mum down or their dad down or they've let someone else down so much that they, they, they can't, their life can't be redeemed. They can't go forward. I just pray for this morning for anyone whose heart is broken. Broken by another person. I just want to say to the person this morning who your heart feels broken because someone else has broken your heart, there is the mercy and love of God here for you today. If only you'll open your heart for that person who feels broken because someone has broken you. There is the mercy and love of God here today for your heart. If you'll only open up your heart this morning. stand together if you can stand I'd ask and I ask it of myself so you know I would always I always say this so that we, we rest assured I'm asking this question of me where am I going to make room where are you going to make room for him no, no one to speak don't tell me I want to ask you this morning in your life and my life what is the place that you, is it your attitude? Is it relationships? I, I, where, where I, I ask all of us this morning, all of us, whether we're leading in worship, we're on sound, we're welcome, we're, we're, what, where are we going to make him room? Because if, if you're expecting a new arrival in your home, you make room. Uh, if, if someone's coming to stay for a, for, a, for, for a little while in your house, you get it ready, you make room. You're inviting guests round, you, you, you make preparation, you, you get the, set the table and you make room. So Jesus is asking to set the table for him, as it were, to, to get the chairs, uh, to, 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 to take the clutter out of a certain part. Of a, there's a room, it's full of stuff. 
and they can't get through the door because there's all this stuff in my life, in your life. Where are you going to make room? You don't have to say to me, you know, answer your answer before God. But I want to ask you, when we sing, so we're going to sing this refrain, okay? With this, we're really going to close. We'd love you to join us in the garden for refreshments. And we'll be at the door to pray and speak with people as well. But I just, with this, I want to just say, um, so we just sing a nice song. This is a great song, but there's a real power. And, uh, and as, as Sylvia began to, to pray, uh, break up the ground. I just think there's something in the spiritual realm, breaking and doing, doing something in our church and, and for our hearts and lives. And, and, and I want to ask you, as you bring your heart, your life, your livelihood, your home, your, your hopes, your fears, your pain, what, what's the area where you're going to make, what is it to make room? What does it mean for you? I know what it might mean for me. And, and bring your heart and your life and that, that which God is speaking to you on right now. And if he's not speaking to you right now, don't worry, when you go from this place, He'll speak and say, this is the area. This is, this is it. This is what's to put right. This is what's to open, be open on. But right here, right now, let's just, just sing those words again. I will make room for you. And, and let's do that. Don't let our lives be so cluttered. Don't let, you know, when you open the door, you have to keep the door closed because there's all this stuff and, when, and it's all going to come out. Let our lives be open to God and open to what he wants to do here in, in our church, but in your own personal life as well, in Jesus' name. And it might be quite radical. It might be quite challenging. Let's sing those words again in that prayerful heart. I'll make room for you. And with this, we'll close. between you and God. Now, as we close, the next thing that Sylvia's going to do, she's going to sing, break up the ground and all of my tradition. And uh, I think that's a, this is a beautiful moment. Now there's a groundbreaking moment, okay? So there's, within, the, within the beautiful moment, the opening of our hearts and the tranquility and how beautiful and glorious that is, there's a groundbreaking moment. Now the groundbreaking moment stirs things up. Stirs things up. 
working, they're not here. So we've got some new, we've got, we've got some new neighbors and they've, they, they have gone to town on the place that they bought next door. And they've done things that I would never have thought of doing. They have pulled up this tree, chopped down that tree, put in this new thing, ripped, ripped off the fascia of this, done that, done this. And before you know it, it it's, and they're still going some. And they bought this lovely place it's, and it's like, wow. And, and they're, they're doing things that I would, wow, I don't know if I would have done that. I don't know if I'm comfortable with. And it's incredible. And they're doing something new and fresh and, and it's all happening. And it's, it's causing a lot of, my car was covered in, in, in brick dust the other day as they were, they're, 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 their tradesmen were doing stuff and all sorts of stuff is going on. And, and when God does breakthroughs and God does changes and, and he, and he honours what we say about doing something new and fresh in us and I'll make room, whatever you want to do, dust, it creates, the stuff happens. There's, there's things that think, I wouldn't do it like that, Lord. I don't want this. Is that you mean, really? You're going to do that in our church? You're going to do that in my life? And all sorts of things. And, and But... God does fresh things and I just think there's a fresh flow of his spirit ready today and there's so much more of his grace so there's been this beautiful making room now get ready for the breakthrough moment right so Sylvia everybody get ready let's sing these words now break up the ground Lord we pray for a breakthrough in all our traditions and I mean my own I'm 60 years of age nearly I've got settled in certain things but I want to know the more and the new and the fresh in you and so I give you my old and who I am and my foibles and my life and the things I like and don't like and we say you have your way we want your way at Oasis Christian Centre we want your way in the town of Long Eaton we want your way in our marriages and homes and lives and livelihoods we want your way in the young lives of young people we want your way in our schools and education system we want your way in local government we want your way in law enforcement in our town in the economy we want your way lord and if that means there needs to be breakthrough churning up the ground when the ground gets hard you come and you dig it up you dig it up but only because you love it so much that you want to plant something fresh so lord we pray this morning that you'll plant a fresh hope fresh faith fresh release in the power of your spirit and some of us might not realize it or understand it right now but that doesn't matter you're the god of grace who does things because you love and you care and so lord we cast our cares upon you because you care for us and now we pray let there be a release of the power of the holy spirit in and through us and in our lives and out of this place into our town and area in the name of jesus we pray
So Father, we pray you hear our hearts, you see our hearts. You bless people as they leave this place. We might go in your presence. We may know your goodness. We may live for your glory. We give our lives to you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. If a few people could help us, some of the guys, if you help us with some chairs a bit later, that'd be great.